This episode is brought to you by Kerclick.com. On this episode of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, we'll be talking about launching your homeschool kid into college. Along the way, we get on the phone with Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. My name is Carol Topp. I am the homeschool CPA, so I help homeschool organizations over at homeschoolcpa.com. Now, we'll spend more time with Carol later on the show, but one of the questions we did ask her was, is it a good idea for your student to have an outside job and work while they're going to college? Their job at that point is to be a student and to be a good student. And sometimes if they are a good student, their job is to keep their scholarship <laughs> because they could never work as many hours as that scholarship might pay for. So I, we've gone in with the attitude of our kids is your job to be a student first. We are glad you're listening. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we discover what it means to homeschool in real life. Welcome to the 25th episode of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, and we are heading back to college. I would love to go back to college, Fletch. I'd love to go back to college with you. Those were some great years. We were talking about launching your homeschool student into college. Yes, but this is part of a short series we will do as we go along here, and this one is launching your child into college. So what are we talking about exactly today? Well, we're going to be talking about launching your child financially, launching your child spiritually, and then launching your child culturally. Yes. Guess what happens when you get to college? What? (laughs) You are exposed to a lot of things that maybe weren't allowed in your home, or just choices that have to be made in life. Great discussion for homeschoolers on this episode. Hey, do we have a guest tonight? We do. We interviewed Carol Topp. She is the homeschool CPA. And Carol is going to give us some great information about launching a kid financially to college. So this is a great show, and we'll get started right after this commercial. You know, every homeschooling parent has a lot of responsibilities on their plate, and Kerclick.com is there to help you manage all of those things that fall on top of the homeschooling parent. You know, we actually use Kerclick.com in the Fletcher household. We've got kids taking live classes, and they love the teachers. I love that one less thing is on my plate. Kerclick.com, curriculum and live classes in a click. All right, so we're talking college tonight, and this is really going to be a series, uh, Kendra, of maybe a couple different podcasts we do. We're talking maybe a launching series. Yes. And in the future, we'll talk about maybe launching your children into a career. Sure. Or launching your children into the military or or whatever comes up or whatever our, our listeners ask us about. But tonight, we're specifically talking about launching them into college. Mm-hmm. So this is our second son. 
our second child, who's chosen to go the route of college. Right. So why don't we just share a little bit of his story? Okay, well, this is an interesting story. I mean, he just did his four years of high school very normally. He uh, graduated from homeschool because in the end, that's what he decided to do, even though he waffled for a few years and begged us to send him to school and whatnot. But ultimately, that's what, you know, that's what he ended up doing. He, he graduated from our homeschool. And he applied to um, several colleges, one of which he really wanted to attend, and that was a university, a Christian university in California. And at that time, this is just a year ago now, he thought he wanted to be a high school history teacher. So he applied to this school to become a high school history or a high, I'm sorry, a history major with a teaching, you know, emphasis. And when it came down to it, that school was $40,000 a year. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, isn't that crazy? We didn't have $40,000 per year. I don't even know how that happened because certainly 25 years ago, we were not looking at that kind of money, but. That's where we are today in the college landscape, and it was $40,000 a year to attend this school. And it was a private Christian college. Yeah, private Christian school. So he had about 20000 of that accounted for between what he had saved and what we could help him with and um, some FAFSA loans and you know some other sort of help like that. So I said to him one day, you know, bud, why don't you call your admissions counselor and ask what what am I missing? Is there some avenue here of financial help that I'm I'm missing? I'm looking at scholarships. I'm looking at this and that. And, you know, she said to him, well, just take out loans. That's what we all do. And I remember, like, everything coming to a screeching halt in my mind because I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And now this Christian university says that they require the most Bible units or hours of any other Christian university in the nation. And here they are saying, we'll just take out loans. Just just strap yourself financially and go into debt because what we have to offer you, apparently, surpasses the wisdom of Scripture. Right. <laughs> so whatever it is you're going to get from, from this university is going to be so fabulous that you should put yourself into debt and go against the wisdom of God's Word. And that just, that just rubbed me the wrong way. He didn't seem to be bothered by it. <laughs> he was really kind of dead set on going to this school. No, and so let's share a little bit what we did, though, when we were faced, because this is about launching your kid to college. Right. We have a son whose desire was to go to this school. He was getting ready to dive in the pool head first. Yep. And he has two parents that disagree with him and this choice. So what yeah. what was the card we pulled out of our back pocket? Well, first of all, he wanted to get loans and we said, I'm sorry, we won't co-sign on those loans for you. Right. And the second thing, and then I think this was really wise of you, is you recognize that in this young man's life, there are voices in his in his life that he listens to. Right. And so you challenged him and you said, you know, bud, are there any men in your life that you would be willing to sit down with and listen to their counsel on this. And maybe they'll counsel you differently than we have. Yeah, and one of the greatest was um, your dad. Right. Uh, That's who he chose, yeah. ultimately. I, you know, we look at we look at your dad as being just a kind of a wise steward of his money and a, a wise um, budgeter of his money. And, and boy, he sat down. It was a, a nice little afternoon where they sat on the back porch together mm-hmm. and your dad just took out a sheet of binder paper <laughs> and he just wrote down the numbers and then he wrote down the loans and he wrote down the payment and then he took yeah. a very high view 
of what a high school history teacher would make <laughs> and showed him First what year. that was going to look like to pay it back. Right. And then talked about reality, which is if you're in college, for this young man, you're probably going to meet someone you love mm-hmm. and you're probably going to get married. That I mean, that's just who this boy is. And then he took him through a household budget and he talked about cars and about homes and and about her potentially having he, loans to pay off. And when it when he got down to it, we didn't have to say anything. Right. He came back to us and made the decision that this just probably isn't the right choice for me. So, let's quick fast forward. We didn't go that path. No, we didn't. And and he actually ended up having a really tough summer because things seemed to fall apart for him from you know, just plans that he was making and really thinking that this was what God wanted him to do and then things would fall through. And I remember one late night on my bed at about um, probably the end of August, about 11 p.m., and he is sitting on the edge of my bed, frustrated, and I remember him saying, I just feel like God is shutting every door. And I'll tell you, my mom heart, ugh, I was, it just sank. And I, 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 when he left the room that night, I said, Lord, please don't let this kid go, you know, don't just hold on tight to him. So he ends up staying home. He gets a job. And I'm telling you, these were not glamorous jobs, were they? He had two jobs. Yeah. He, after his lifeguarding ended at the end of the summer, he took on a job at a pizza place and a job at a dog food plant. Yeah. And neither were, I mean, one was social and fun. The other was not fun at all. Um, and but it was good solid money. So by about November, he had started dating a really neat girl, and he had decided that what he really wanted to do was become a professional lifeguard. <laughs> and that he cue the Baywatch music now. <laughs> Well, actually, how it went down was he said, what I really love doing isn't a job. And I, we said, what is he? What do you really love doing? And he said, I love lifeguarding. And I said, that is entirely a job. It's a, yes, that's a job. So we talked about the viability of lifeguarding as a career. And somewhere in there, he got to talking with my sister-in-law, our sister-in-law, Laura, who is a nurse. And she said, Nate, what you love about lifeguarding is what I do in nursing. And kind of the light bulb moment, you know, for him, like this, wow, nursing, what a great idea. Right. And so in November, he was pretty set that he wanted to go to nursing school and also had had his eyes open to a school in Phoenix, Arizona, Grand Canyon University, also a Christian school, but a school that is well endowed and that is really attracting students with with outstanding financial packages and scholarships based on their uh, academic achievement. So he was able to afford this school, and he was able to to do this thing. Um, And so that's where he is, and that's how that came about. So as we talk about, you know, helping your kid make decisions, um, one of the things we learned in this situation um, was to pray. Yeah. And to, you know, everything like every other decision you make, seek wise counsel. Right. And here's a young man that as he went through high school and he started to tell us what he wanted to do, we had to get real serious about how we were going to afford things yeah. and how we were going to make this happen. And we, you know, we gave him the line that a lot of parents do. You can do anything you want to do. You can go anywhere you want to go. Um, but it, you may have to be creative. And he had no desire to go to our local junior college. Right. He had no desire 
to uh, take CLEP tests. Yeah. He had no desire to even go to our late our local state college. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a kid who had wings and wanted to fly. Right. And so we encouraged him. Yeah. And we, we started at that point. Now, let me just take a break here really quick and talk about making the decision for college and how to choose the right college. Now, on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network that we're a part of, there are two really good episodes, and we're going to have those in the, in the show notes. The first is from Hal and Melanie Young, and they are from uh, Making Biblical Family Life Practical. And the second is from Carol Top, who will be on with us in just a few minutes to talk about finances on how to pick a college. Uh, two really great podcast episodes, and uh, we would refer you to those. The other thing we learned in this process was uh, something we're going to talk about a lot in this episode, which is uh, hovering and helicoptering. Back off. Back off. This is not easy. I am a highly administrative person. Highly organized, highly administrative. I am am not. I know. And this is like, (laughs) you know, you should see the organization for tonight's podcast. This like makes Kendra so happy. But I'm the person who walks into a situation and, and can immediately figure out I mean, I don't have to figure it out. It's just, I just can see what needs to happen to get something moving in the right direction. That's an innate God-given ability. I'm not bragging on that. That's just the way God's, you know, wired me. And so what that does is it translates into me being the, the homeschooling mom who, you know, years ago when we were starting, where kindergarten was well executed and then first grade and then second grade and all of these things along the line. And I think the tendency for homeschooling moms who do control everything. You know, we decide on the curriculum, we decide when we're going to be doing things, we decide how the day is going to go, down to every little last minute. And the temptation when these kids get into junior high and high school is to continue doing that. And boy, howdy, did I have to learn to back off, back off in those high school years. This has been probably the best thing we've done. Do you think? Yeah, I think eventually just pulling back and letting him make every decision along the way and not even setting up the walls of the maze for him to go down our path. Right. But really saying, this is what you want to do. Here are some, here's some truth. You know, we, we gave him some truth. You, you know, where you lacked in academics in high school, you're going to have to own this now in college. If your grades drop, scholarship will drop. That's right. Um, and that's on him, and not on And some other real practical ones. You're going to school out of state. There won't be a car that goes with you. Right. You're going to have to figure that out. We will obviously drop you off. We'll bring you back at Christmas and, and things like that. But there are some, some things here you're going to have to figure out. And, and again, we put it on his shoulders. He made every decision. We backed him up. And it was hard not to step in yeah, when the sun dragged his feet. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we have this old, our firstborn also is a college student. He's about to wrap up his bachelor's degree. He did it very differently. Um, and that's probably a different discussion here. But I really appreciate the fact that when he'll text me or he'll, you know, come over or whatever and he'll ask us for our opinion or he'll ask for some advice, that is a golden moment. But to stand over and hover and micromanage would have been detrimental to our relationship and to his life. Right. And again, I, I can't encourage you enough to go listen to Hal and Melanie on this one. They really tackled this topic well. 
So that's wrapping up our first segment here. When we come back after this break, let's look at the issue of finances and let's get on the line with Carol Top and talk about preparing your child financially. You know, we are part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. If you like homeschooling in real life, you can find other great homeschooling podcasts on this network, like Hal and Melanie Young's Making Biblical Family Life Practical and Carol Topps Dollars and Cents Radio Show. To find the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, go to ultimateradioshow.com, where you will find over a dozen homeschooling podcasts for you to download and enjoy. For this second segment, we want to talk about launching your child financially. So we decided to interview Carol Topp from the Dollars and Cents Radio Show. My name is Carol Topp. I am the homeschool CPA, so I help homeschool organizations over at homeschoolcpa.com. I also have a website called microbusinessforteens.com. And um, one thing recently I've been doing is podcasting over at a show called dollarsandcentsshow.com, specifically talking about money and homeschooling. So we talked to her while we were driving back from Phoenix, and we were in the middle of the desert at about 100 degrees, and we just had a fun conversation on the phone. We asked her four quick questions, and the first question we asked Carol was very basic. We just said, what does it look like to financially launch your child? Well, I think it takes uh, preparation and a lot of communication beforehand, uh, particularly communication about who pays for what. So the kid may have in mind uh, assumptions that you don't have, like even uh, who's paying for their entertainment expenses, who's paying for gas to come home, who's or airfare if you're that far away. Um, you need to have those discussions on are we paying for this or is the student paying for this or is this part of your financial package or your student loan? We also asked Carol, when do you start teaching your kids financial independence? Does it start when they are heading off to college? Uh, probably uh, the summer before they leave, maybe even a little bit earlier, um, because it takes practice, and you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the the funny little conversations and, and situations that come up. I, I think I'm you know I'm an accountant. I think about money and and that kind of stuff all the time. But in real life, things come up, and you're not sure who's handling it. Um, they also need to get really good at handling a checking account and a debit card and understanding when a debit card is used, the money comes immediately out of the checking account, and they need to keep an eye on their checking account, and that takes practice. So that's that's a good time to be practicing that stuff in their junior and senior year of high school. You know, when we were at the parent orientation dropping Nate off at school, one of the things they went over with the parents was career services for the students, and that's for any kids that wanted work opportunities on campus. So we asked Carol her opinion, either positive or negative, of having your child work while they're taking college classes. Well, you know, that's a really good question because um, I, I, I kind of think that their job at that point is to be a student and to be a good student. And sometimes if they are a good student, their job is to keep their scholarship <laughs> because they could never work as many hours as that scholarship might pay for. So I, we've gone in with the attitude of our kids is your job to be a student first. And summers and, and breaks like that, you can work, um, you know, at a job. But I, I understand not everybody has that kind of situation, and sometimes they do need to work and go to school. But my daughter, Sarah, was in her freshman year of college 
six weeks we went and visited her and she started thanking us for saving money so that she did not have to go to school and work at the same time because she was seeing many of her friends having to do uh, one or two jobs in addition to their school workload and it was a tremendous amount of pressure on that kid. So as much as possible, we try to, I, I like to see them be students first. You know, back when we were in college, Fletch, I remember in the quad every day there were tables of credit card companies out there trying to get us to all to sign up for credit cards. And so we asked Carol this question, is there ever an appropriate time for a student to have a credit card? And how do you teach them to use it wisely? Okay. Well, for the most part, um, we try to avoid credit card use. We've encouraged our daughters to use debit cards until about their senior year. And it's not it's a good idea to start using a credit card only to build credit history, not not to buy things you can't afford. But so what my oldest daughter did was get a credit card in her senior year of college and only use it for budgeted items like filling up her gas tank. And then she paid off that credit card every month. So it was a very small amount she put on the credit card, paid it off every month. So she started building a good credit history, and she needed that when she graduated to go rent her first apartment because they wanted to see a credit history. So that's the appropriate use of a credit card in college on budgeted items that you're going to pay off very soon, right away, not carry any money over, and only to build a credit history. We want to really thank Carol Top for taking the time to be on our show. And again, if you want to talk about homeschooling and finances, head on over to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and give her a listen. Hey, this is John Wilkerson from The Wired Homeschool over at thewiredhomeschool.com. You're listening to Fletch and Kendra on homeschooling in real life. The last two parts of this discussion, we're going to combine them together because we were talking about launching your kid into college we had come up with these four topics, and the first was just preparing them to make a decision to go to college and how do you get them ready. The second was the financial preparation. And then the third and fourth one was kind of preparing your child spiritually and then also how to prepare them for life choices. Well, those, I think, kind of logically go together mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the life choices we're going to make, um, what we're thinking as parents is we want them to be spiritually grounded for those. Yeah, because those life choices, whether they're moral decisions or aspects of culture they'll engage in or media or whatever, they really flow out of their spiritual life. So why don't we begin here by just eliminating any other homeschooling families that actually are still listening to us at this point <laughs> and just you know talk a little bit about what are our opinions as far as our kids choosing a college you know, kind of going back to that first segment, I think a lot of homeschooling families, A, don't want their kid to leave for college, and B, certainly want them to go to only Christian schools. Yeah. So what's interesting about that, Fletch, to me is that we often think that the Christian school is going to be just the greater option because they're going to get Christian worldview and they'll be surrounded by Christians and maybe they'll be in a school that requires that they be at chapel once a week and things like that. Sign a contract. Sign a contract. Sure. A contract of morality and things they will and won't do on campus. Um, But there's a trap in this, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And I, I want to say that I was very excited for the last Sunday that Nate was in church and they pulled all the kids up to pray for them that we're going away to college and starting high school. And if I'm guessing you correctly, this is exactly what our pastor prayed about for Nate. He started with praying that Nate would have the best parties on campus <laughs> in his dorm room. And his prayer there was that 
that he would carry on the tradition that he learned in the Fletcher family, which was uh, gospel hospitality. Right, exactly. Let's have people over. Let's engage with them. My room is open to you. And all the, the, at all hours. And yeah. the purpose is we're going to share the gospel with whoever shows up. Yeah. The second thing he prayed for was that Nate would, would again, like we're talking about these moral choices in life, that he wouldn't be uh, trapped by the world, that he wouldn't be intrigued by the things of the world, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's sex, drugs, or rock and roll. You know, mm-hmm. We'll just pick those, the three famous ones. But my favorite prayer was the one that came next, which was, I pray that he's not enslaved by religion either, that he'd yeah. be on a Christian campus and that he would look and put his hope into religious behavior. That's right. And I will tell you that I was very impressed when the uh, man who was running the parent orientation session said, look, every freshman here at Grand Canyon has to take a Christian worldview course so that we talk about how that absolutely influences our choices in life and and the you know the the things we we are going to choose to do but beyond that there's not a requirement for bible study there's not a requirement for chapel attendance that is up to the spiritual life of the student here on the other hand there are over 200 bible studies on campus <laughs> that just floored me you know and there are um christian concerts and there are opportunities to get involved in life groups and there were opportunities to serve the community in phoenix and what that meant to me is that this faculty or this organization has an understanding that by the time you are in high school college in those young adult years you are either sold out to following jesus or you are are not <laughs> i mean for lack of a better way to put it and no amount of of requiring you to attend something or docking your grade because you didn't go to church that week or or attendance at a Bible study or whatever is going to make the difference. Now, obviously, if you're a theology major, there, there are yeah. some inherent, you know... But ultimately, this lines up so well with us in that, you know, we're preparing our kids for real life. I mean, that's what we do on homeschooling in real life. We're preparing them for real life. Mm-hmm. And we almost missed it, but I just want to say this is the 25th episode and we just mentioned hope shifting again. That we were going <laughs> to hope... the 25th time. We, we didn't want our, our son to shift his hope on religious behavior in college. Yeah. But can I back up just for a second here? Uh, even during that first segment when I heard you talking so much about the last two years of, of Nate's life as he was preparing for college, disappointed with what he thought was God pulling the rug out from under him, mm-hmm. and then excited. If he's disappointed, does he then become reappointed? I don't know. But excited then about what God is doing with with these changes in going to nursing school. Um, can you just very briefly uh, talk again about, since we're talking about preparing them spiritually and for life choices, what's a decision we've made the final year that our kids are home? Well, that senior year, we really decide to back off almost entirely. So this is, I know this is odd for a lot of people, but even, you know, even if this is a struggle for you in that last year, if a year seems like, oh my gosh, they're seniors and they're young still, then go for that last semester and say you are going to take your hands off their financial decisions. You're going to take your hands off their social decisions. Um, you can obviously have house rules and there are going to be standards of behavior for your home, of course. But I mean, you are not making choices for these kids. And here's why. They're home that last year or that last semester and there's a safety net and there are coaches 
us, mom and dad, coaching them and able to stand on the sidelines and blow a whistle and say, whoa, bad decision, or hey, good job, what a great, you know, oh, how neat that you, you know, that that this has worked out because you made a really wise decision here. And that is the time that senior year that they can learn by making egregious mistakes. Now, if you don't do that, you know, if we were to continue to helicopter parent or micromanage or however you want to word that, and then suddenly they go off to college, I mean, Nate's a state away. And now he has to make all those decisions on his own. And there's not been any practice in doing that with any kind of a safety net. How great do you think those mess ups are going to be? Yeah, and I think ultimately the other thing we I mean we really pulled back um curfews. We pulled back Yeah. uh just kind of let me let me say something. Again, like we talked about at the beginning, this is hard. Yeah. It is hard to just say, you know what? You can come home whenever you want. You know, this year. Right. Um no, for the most part our kids were were back before the sun rose. Okay, and this is a little different too cuz remember Nate did take a gap year. He took a year between right. graduating high school and but college. But we're doing so. that right now with our senior. We are a current yes. senior in high school. We right. we're slow. We're just a week into school, but we're we're pulling back and saying, "Okay. Sink uh, or you swim. You don't have to go to church with us." Right. You don't have to uh come now there's some that we're saying, "Yes, you have to come to this family function. We're going to honor and respect our grandparents or you know, hey, we're, we don't allow mobile phones at the table and things like that. And yes, you need to help us baby, <laughs> babysit. But, you know, we do give them an option. We say, would right. you like to do this? Would you like to help here? Now, we've often said we don't tell you what to do on homeschooling in real life. Mm. This is what we've done. And like beggars who are showing other beggars where they found some good food, we have found this to be a positive thing. Yeah. Especially during this gap year. Uh, we saw him, you know, by the end of the gap year, he always told us what he was up to anyway. Right. You know, it's like he he got the freedom and he liked it, but he, he was the kind of kid that was still going to tell us what he was doing. Well, and here's another thing that I think is interesting. You know, um, I, I could not have necessarily said where he was spiritually um, at certain times in high school. Um, you know, there were times where I thought, oh, there's, there's good growth here. But then other times where I thought, I have no idea where this kid's relationship with God is. And do you remember being at this cabin that we rented? Um, or actually, we won. Remember in an auction, we yeah. won this, this little mountain cabin. And we were up there. And what month was that? January? It was February. Okay, so February. And we take all our kids and we're up there. And do you remember what happened one morning? We were having cinnamon rolls or something. And Nate was sitting on the couch Bible open, and he says, Dad, I have a question about something in Scripture. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And I remember thinking, all right, you know what? Here's a 19-year-old kid. We never, we're not requiring that he open his Bible every morning. (laughs) You know, we're not. Yeah, and it was so mellow. It was so not like a formal morning study. Yeah. And if you also remember the rest of that trip, uh, he brought his girlfriend with him. Right. You know, we we allowed her to come on this this trip with our family. And if anything was going to keep his mind from being in Scripture, it was going to be his girlfriend. So I was, I, that caught us off guard on a lot of different angles. Yeah. Well, and then here we are last week or, you know, a few days ago now from when we're, we're recording this. And we're in his dorm room and, you know, he's setting up his stuff and his roommates are setting up their stuff. And I was just curious, Nate is not a big reader, um, but his very favorite book, for a lot of years has been Pilgrim's Progress. And um, 
I saw this stack of books on his desk, just a short stack. And I thought, oh, I'm kind of curious. You know, he's not a reader. What, what books did Nate bring to college? And there was, a, there was a, a manual for one of the video games he likes to play, a copy of Pilgrim's Progress, a copy of a book my dad gave him on manners and for men, young men yeah. for young men, and his Bible. Yeah. And um, boy, you know, I really couldn't ask for more right now. That is an indication that to me that he's he's he loves God. <laughs> Those are the choices of books he he brought with him. Including he left the video the rest, game, yeah, he... including the video game. Now, I also wrapped up a little devotional to give to him, um, and just said, "Look, these are short readings, um, but you're going to hit some crises moments in college. There's going to be a lot of stress and and anxiety here. This may be something that feeds your soul before you head out the door to a class or to a test or a final." And he was so thankful. It really caught me off guard. But these are glimpses into the spiritual life of this young man, and I'll take it. So that wraps up the content for this show. We want to thank Carol Top for being a guest. And at this point, you might be wondering why you didn't hear from our son, Nate. Well, we have something that we'd like to announce, and that is the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast is going to be offering exclusive content. So here's the way this works. If you're an email subscriber, what do you get? You get exclusive content for every single episode. Yeah, a lot of what we record does not make it onto the show. And and actually, we have a listener email we're going to read in just a second about this. But if you would like the rest of of the story. And it's not going to be long. It, it just might be another five minutes. Uh, but there are segments that we have to cut out for editing time. We're going to put that on our website. It's going to be a simple audio listen. And it's exclusive content for our subscribers. How do you subscribe? All you need to do is head over to the homeschoolingirl.com website. And right there on the front page, that home page is a subscribe button. You just put in your email address and boom, you're in. That's it. What we're going to put together essentially is a password-protected audio file. And if you are on our mailing list, we will email you the password, you plug it in, and you can hear exclusive content. And just so you know, we're not going to spam you. You'll get blog posts, and you'll get episode updates, and then you'll get the exclusive content, and that's it. We're not advertising? Nope. We don't send them buy homeschooling in real life (laughs) t-shirts? We need homeschooling in real life t-shirts. No spam. No No spam. spam, No spam. We promise. (laughs) All right, it's time for listener email. We got an email in a few weeks ago from a listener named Tina, and I asked if it was okay if I read this on the air. Here's what she said. I have a few questions requests for you. First, I love your podcast. I just finished listening to your two episodes about sex. You guys dive into discussions that no one is having, and you crack me up, and I need to say thank you for being so real. I know a few homeschoolers that would have a heart attack listening to you guys just mention the word sex. As a mom of girls, I also loved your show about raising daughters. You guys are saying what needs to be said. Keep it up. You know what, Tina? Thank you very much for that nice email. But she went on to ask us a few questions. So here goes. She said, number one, are you really like this in real life? Or are you just this way on the podcast? Because if this is really you, I want to be your best friend and hang around. I need people around me that give me a daily dose of Jesus. Is this what we're really like? <laughs> no, we're actually polished on this show. No, we're, we're really boring people. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're so boring. But wait, yeah. wait I, I want to know something about what you wrote. Who are these people 
who can't say the word sex. How did they get their children? I, well, there's a lot of homeschoolers that can't say the word <laughs> sex. They have a hard time. Um, but this is what we're like, kind of like what we're like. And, you know, we will give we would give you a daily dose of Jesus. I give people daily doses of Jesus every day. Uh, second question was this. My husband says you must edit your discussions. And if so, would you consider including outtakes? Because I bet you're a hoot when you really get going. Well, we did some outtakes on the last episode. And that was just Kendra trying to say a few words. If I did outtakes on this episode, it would be, an- it would be another half hour of exclusive content because we had a hard time getting through some things. Well, we've got the dog sitting next to us and she's very noisy. Yeah, so we have Betty the Surf Dog in the studio with us tonight. She actually sat through most of it without making too much noise. All right, last question is this. You guys are so good that I would love to point someone to a highlight collection recording of your favorite discussions. Do you have anything that is a few minutes long that I could share with other friends? That's it. Thanks for the discussions. I feel like you really get it. Keep them coming. Well, again, thanks, Tina, for writing in. Um, Yeah, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put together a little clip of our... This was a great suggestion. We're going to put a short clip of our favorite segments uh, from the last 25 episodes. So we'll put that together. We'll put it up uh, probably under the Contact Us or About Us. We'll we'll tell you when we put it up. Um, And it's going to be something you can just listen to if you want to send your friends and say, here's some crazy homeschoolers listen to two minutes and, and we'll put we'll put clips from the sex episode on that way Tina's friends will freak out so if you want to send us an email or if you want to contact us what's the best way to do that Kendra you can contact us at homeschoolingirl.com you can reach us at facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL or on twitter at twitter.com slash homeschool IRL before we wrap up for this episode just wait till you hear what we're talking about next time Have you been on Facebook? Have you seen the article about courtship? Yes, I have seen that article written by the man who was a huge courtship proponent and now says there are all kinds of things wrong with that model. We are taking it on. We are talking about the topic of courtship versus dating. This is the big smackdown. (laughs) We're going to have some guests on who have worked themselves through courtship and dating and have things to talk about. They do. So come back in two weeks. Courtship versus Dating the Smackdown. Thanks for listening tonight. We love you guys as our listeners. Send us a message. Let us know what we're doing right or wrong and if we need to stop talking about sex so much. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Every show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information on this podcast or to contact your hosts, please visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com. Homeschooling IRL.